Hi, and welcome to this very special series spinoff from On Point with Oak Street Funding. I am Susie McHugh and Vice President of Strategic Market Sales at Oak Street Funding, where I focus on providing capital to RIAs and investment advisors. And I'm so excited to have Matt Reynolds, co-host of this new series with me today. He is the president of Bristol Lane Group and a key resource for advisors. We are very excited to announce that Bristol Lane Group and Oak Street Funding have teamed up to launch this podcast series for and about taking your advisor practice independent, approaching independence. We look forward to bringing you multiple episodes on this important topic. And to get started, I want to provide you with a high level of who Oak Street is. Uh, we're a non-SBA lender. We are a conventional lender, which allows us to be a little bit more creative. Uh, we're a portfolio lender, and basically what that means is that we can um, keep your loan on our balance sheet. Um, you make your payments to us. We don't sell your loans. And Oak Street Funding We've been around for over 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary, and we're very excited about that. We are owned by First Financial Bank, which provides us the capital that we need, and we can lend up to $50 million. Our lending portfolio is in excess of $900 million. And like I said, we will not sell your loan. You make your payments to us. And I'd like to now introduce Matt Reynolds, and can you tell us a little bit about Crystal sure. Lane Group. Thanks, Susie. And, and thank you to Oak Street for allowing us to, to partner like this. Um, Bristol Lane Group is really a consulting practice first. Um, our focus is on the financial industry. Uh, we work with individual advisors, broker dealers, RIAs, and a number of private fund managers across the country. And our, we're really broken into three different practice lines. Number one is compliance consulting, uh, where we do everything from RIA and BD registration to back office management and outsourced compliance and ops. Um, another part of our business is taxes. Uh, we do about 2,500 tax returns a year, and we do financials for over 50 um, broker dealers, RIAs, and individual independent advisors. And then really kind of what goes along with this is a big part of our business is transitions. We work with a number of custodians, um, as well as a, a number of different firms, um, where we provide resources from simple project management to what we call business architecture, where we set up someone's business, we help them uh, with their accounting and with all of their back office type of work and really get them from the day that they leave whatever position they're in to that first day when they're opening their own office. That's great. Well, you and I have worked together yeah. and I'm so excited about this series. Maybe tell the listeners how we came up with this series for basically going independent, independence or approaching independence. Sure. I think when we started talking about this kind of the last time that we were together, um, the idea and the impetus was advisors, especially those who haven't spent a lot of time really doing their homework or understanding uh, what going independent means, there's a lot of you know, nebulous ideas. What does it really mean? And I think in a lot of cases, people think it's simply a different way to earn, right? To, to basically be able to bill or, or be able to make more, have your own business. When we talked about it, what we both realized was there's a lot of opportunity here just to talk through our own experiences and be able to convey to anyone who's watching this, you know, these are the different things to think about before you jump into going independent. No, I appreciate that. And 
I think it's really important to know because we're the lender and we want these advisors to be prepared. And so maybe expand on that. How and what do you expect as far as helping them be prepared? And are they the right advisor to go independent? Yeah, and it's important that you say that. There are some advisors who um, they're able to do everything that they want to do for their clients. Um, and they enjoy a good, profitable business um, right where they're at. So going independent isn't for everyone. But when we get started with a, any team, there's just a handful of things that you need to be prepared for. So in future episodes, we'll talk about vendors and we'll talk about different things um, that you're going to have to be aware of as you go through your process. But up front, we typically start with uh, the most important is just preparedness. Um, how do you start looking at if it's appropriate for you to be independent or not, or to go to another firm? And a lot of that really starts with looking at the practice. Well, I think also um, it's important to know from our side is, you know, the, the control, um, you know, how they're going to handle their clients. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's important as well as um, what they're, the value that they're going to get once they transition. I think the control, um, maximizing the value of their practice is, is really an advantage. Um, and they're, they're going to end up earning more money yeah. in the bottom line. Yeah. So I think that is really key. And that's what really sparks their interest on making that transition. So we get a lot of those calls up front before you get involved. And we know that it's important to get you involved because we got to work together to make sure this is the right fit for them. Yeah. And I, I like the partnership that we have where we're bringing different opportunities to one another because I think together and then finding the right you know other vendor partners that's the most important thing. So you, you mentioned it, right? Control, in a lot of cases, it's the economics. But I think um, what many um, advisors miss are the things that then change when you go independent, right? It's, it's um, I think you and I would both agree, it's not a purely economic decision, right? Um, so you said control. Being able to control how the, the client interaction occurs, I think we hear that a lot. Um, but then what changes? And, and we hear a lot of, you know, it's not just I have to go from being a practice manager to being a business owner, yes. but the culture of your whole practice, right? And, and how you work together. Yeah. And I think you mentioned about the business owner. I mean, it opens up a whole new world. And um, I think it's really critical that they surround themselves with the right partners to make sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to. So, and, and I have talked to a number of different advisors that, you know, it's, it may not be the right fit for them, you know, that they're they're more interested in having a back office to help support them. So, um, you know, what should an advisor do or know before they make that commitment? Because a lot of them are doing that yeah. and before they're talking to us. Yeah. So hopefully this podcast will help help give them the ideas of what they need before they jump into the deep end of the pool. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the one that I think is most important. Then you get to talk about what you think is most important, right? Cause we got to give examples, right? So yeah. I think the number one is recognizing the type of business that any advisor has. So it's easy to say I'm an advisor, right? Or I manage high net worth clients, but every practice, as you know, is handled differently. And it's, and it's from where the advisor grew up and, and learned to 
how they've interacted with their clients in the past and what they've been allowed to do. Um, but for the most part, understanding your practice. Is it hybrid? Well, that, that kind of directs you to what you should be doing. Uh, is it a case where you're purely advisory and you're growing? Well, that's another decision point. Um, is it a case where really you're focused on trying to figure out your succession plan? So in a lot of ways, it's just taking the time to really get to know your own practice and be you know, a bit critical of how you manage your own assets. So that's, I'd say that's probably the most important from what we see. What about you? Yeah, I, I think what's important in how we look at it from a lending standpoint, the first thing I always say, have you ever moved your book before? And because we're wanting to make sure that, especially if they're going from, say, um, a wirehouse W-2 and they're going straight to RIA, are those clients going to move? Are they going to follow? I mean, that's huge. And sometimes they take those those baby steps where they go from W-2 to, you know, semi-independent, and then they go to RIA. And that gives us a little bit more of a comfort level because they've moved their book before. But looking at their book, we look at the demographics of the book of business. You know, what's the average age? Um, you know, who are the top 10 clients? Um, what are What's the um, investment philosophy for these clients? These things are important at that advisor looks at their book to determine if if it's going to actually all going to move the way that it should. And then, um, you know, looking at inside their shop, those people that work for them, are they going to move to what kind of outside sources are going to need as far as help supporting? Those are the questions that we're going to ask as far as being the lender. And your underwriting questions as the lender. I mean, those are exactly what every advisor should ask themselves before they even start contemplating it. Right. So it's it's a good opportunity to, when they come to you, when they come to us, just being able to say, all right, let's 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 stop for a second. Why do you want to move? Yeah, absolutely. Why? And then it comes to that, the financials as well. Yeah. So we key in, especially for lending money to help either pay off a non-forgivable note, or maybe they need working capital to make this transition. It's important that we see the projections, realistic projections. What if 20% doesn't move or 10% or whatever? Are they going to be able to manage that cash flow and how that's going to look like? And their personal lifestyle comes into play. So we look at the whole financial picture, them as an, as an individual advisor supporting their current lifestyle, how that's going to transition with their people coming in, their, their employees, as well as holistically the global cash flow of the business itself so they can continue to pay themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Hopefully the goal is that they're going to make more money as well. Do you ever, when you go through that process, is there ever a point in time where you say, honestly, you either shouldn't move or, you know what, maybe this type of move makes more sense for you? I mean, do do you ever get to that point? We have to be really careful, but we, like somebody like Bristol Lane, you being Matt Reynolds, is where I go, I think we should introduce you to someone that helps make these transitions and let's all get on a call together. And I think we can get to that point to help them make that decision. I haven't actually, fortunately enough on wood, I have not had to tell somebody you can't move. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it has seemed to work out, but you know, I do a lot of handholding myself. 
um, to make sure because I, the last thing we want to do, and we won't do this here at Oak Street, we're not going to put somebody in, in a position that is not right for them. You know, I think it'd be really good for us to give a good example of one that we've worked on, obviously yeah. keeping names confidential, but we just had some success that um, we recently transitioned an advisor that um, was at a wirehouse yep. in the beginning. So that advisor transitioned to an RIA, um, became pretty much independent, but still there were some strings attached. And this advisor ended up um, with a non-forgivable note. And so you brought me in, um, gosh, um, like eight months ago. It was a while. Yeah. yeah. And I think we need to tell the listeners this. That's what's important is these, it's a transaction, but it's, it evolves. It takes time. And it's not going to be one of those situations where you call you um, right. being Bristol Lane or Oak Street Funding and go, I need to close in 60 days because there is a lot of mechanics behind it. And this advisor obviously came to you first, which was great because then you introduced me and I've gotten to know this advisor for the last eight months. And so we work together as a team uh, with our custodian to make that transition. And so this advisor now is an RIA and it just recently happened and we provided the financing to help pay off that. Yeah. And I what I, what I enjoyed was, to your point, it is the transition when we get into independence. The transition is a time period, right? It's, it's not, a, it's not a, a point in time. It's an over period of time. It's a journey. Right. And, and we saw with that individual, they had life going on. They had things that they were doing. They still had family um, events that were going on. They had important decisions in their life. And being able to just kind of roll with that was important. Um, but I, I'd say there, and, and you probably agree with me here, it was all about communication yes. uh, on both sides, yes. you know, so that they, when, when being asked the question or when getting into a position where um, someone wants to take that step, being able to just rely on someone to just listen, hear them, I, I think that was really important to this individual. You know, in the other piece too, this advisor was really well prepared. Mm -hmm personally, mentally, and I mean, they they had their personal situation, which we look at to make sure, again, is this going to work? And this advisor had moved their book before. Yeah. With, with great, great success. success. Exactly. I mean, I think it was like 100%. Yeah. A uh, good example for what we like to see as far as success. But you said something that was important. It's, it's not always an economic decision, as we've talked about but it is an emotional decision. And emotionally, this individual had made that commitment in their mind to make the move. Yeah. Then it was just trying to find what was the best process for them. Right. So there's sometimes mistakes um, that have been made during this process. So Matt, maybe have you experienced anything and maybe share examples that our listeners can avoid um, in the future? Sure. Um, we we have seen where and, and this was a difficult one um a, a a custodian brought us an opportunity and as we started spending time right it was we went back to the you know looking at your book what type of book do you have what do you really use um and once we spent that time we went through that process 
what we found out was the custodian that they had been introduced to us from couldn't do a certain percentage of the business. Now it wasn't a huge amount. So in their minds, okay, why, well, you know, I can't do 10% of that business. But what it turns out to be is that 10% is across their largest, most important relationships. So at the, at that point, we had a decision to make either the advisor was going to stop being able to provide that to their client. Um, or more importantly, we got on a phone call with the custodian trying to figure out how to create that solution. And at the end of the day, um, and I will say that the, the major custodians really do um, work for their advisors. The answer was maybe it would be better served at a different custodian. And that was one of those. I mean, that was a big, dramatic event. Um, but I will say that that was one where we had all gotten pretty far down the road before saying, wait, hold on, how are we going to execute that business? So I'd say that that one for me was probably the most relevant. What about what about for you? Yeah, I would say that um, it's them not being quite as prepared as they should um, and their expectations is getting it done sooner than later. But then they don't they have not surrounded themselves with, you know, with a consulting firm um, and perhaps having the right custodian set up and thinking about the entire lending process. You know, most of the advisors that we work with, a lot of them have not experienced financing before. And so it is a big learning curve. And, um, and that's why I think we do a great job here at Oak Street Funding because we're, um, all of our services are under one, one roof. Here we are today. I mean, we have in-house legal servicing processing. And so I'm the quarterback that helps them get from point A to point Z and beyond that. And so communication, like you said earlier, is very critical, but, um, you know, setting those expectations um, in upfront and just like the advisor that we worked with before, we did that upfront, you did too. And I think that's the recipe for success. Um, you know, working with, we have to work with a number of different vendors. And so you obviously have had a lot of good experience and so have I with resources. And so maybe just share, any comments that you might have as far as what has been helpful with other resources that you've worked with? Sure. Um, I would say, and again, um, you know, we have a good working relationship, but I think the, one of the most important things is I know that when we make an introduction to you, you guys have been, you meaning Oak street are in the business. So it's different saying I'm going to take out, I don't know, an SBA loan or this type of loan or a personal loan you actually understand what an advisor goes through, what they need to do to get free um, and what they're kind of buying into, right? When they start their own business. So we, from our perspective, it's surrounding ourselves with great, just other partners, right? And I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know any other way to say it other than partners because we end up working together just like we, we have in the past with, you know, a custodian process or an exiting firm process, whatever it is you end up having to to really rely on each other. Right. So what I'd say is probably one of the most important things is making sure that from a vendor perspective, from a partner perspective, it's people who know exactly what your business looks like and how to get you to where you want to be. Right. And uh, there's so many consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many lenders out there. And I think that the listeners need to under, really understand is that whoever they work with, that they understand how revenue works with a 
RIA, if they're 1099. And because I, I've been in the lending business for a long time and banks will think they understand how to do the financing, but it's, you know, it's really important that they understand that it's a cash flow type um, business and that the lender, we can't take a building as collateral. It's the future fee revenue of the book of business. And so understanding how make what makes up that book of business is going to be really important. So, um, and I, you know, as some lenders out there will put a lien on a house, um, that's something that we don't, won't do. Um, it's the business that we look at as far as the cash flow. Well, Matt, hey, thanks for sharing these resources with us. And I'd like to add just a reminder that Matt at Bristol Lane Group and us at Oak Street Funding are also great resources for whatever stage of independence you are at. We can be a part of your journey from the beginning, even before you take out the financing, which I highly recommend to reach out to us in the beginning and reach out to Bristol Lane. Um, to help you prepare for that day when that day comes. And sometimes that may take, you know, six months. It may take um, as long as 18 months. Sure. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think a, an important part is reaching out, getting information, just learning about the process. It doesn't cost you anything. It just gives you an opportunity really to learn. And I think one of the things that we, we have in common is it's really all about the relationships we develop. So we would love to be part of that kind of helping um, an advisor make the right decisions, but also getting started in the ground floor. So Susie, we talked about different resources that people need, but from your experience, when an advisor is ready or they think they're ready or they just want to learn more, um, what are the things that they need to come to you prepared with just to be able to have that initial conversation? Yeah, I think just making that phone call and starting that conversation um, have your house in order. I always say that, meaning that if you're ready to kind of start that move, make sure your personal situation, because we do look at minimum credit score. Um, we look at the ADB, you know, it, and it, it is somewhat about character. Um, and we will help generate some of those questions as well. But have, you know, have an idea of what you think you're going to end up doing as far as a timeline. Um, this may be a little bit too soon, but projections are going to be really important. A lot of times like, oh, I got, I need to do projections. And I'm like, the reason we want projections is because, um, you're going to look a lot different than you do now. You're, you're, um, especially if you're coming from like W2, those expenses, they need to understand. That's why we need your help. Yeah. And, and we spend a lot of time on the pro forma or, or helping an advisor figure out what does future state look like? Yeah. Um, and, and that's a that's an important part where we spend a lot of time together. Right. And, and this is kind of simple, but, you know, we want them to have at least five years experience. Sure. You know, okay. um, we, we like the seasoned advisors that have been around um, and, you know, they've had their clients for a long time but they're ready to take it to the next level. And so that phone call can, can always be way in advance. And I, I think it's the best way for them, the advisor to get to know us. And I always say this, it gives us a chance to get to know you and, and then get you involved as well. All right, so one more question. When it comes to, we'll be talking about structures and different types of 
um, how, how to be in business as an advisor in one of our future episodes. But right now, if an advisor is considering making a move um, and, and they want to maybe perhaps buy another book or go into buying an RIA to, to you know, aggregate assets, is that something that you guys help with? Oh, absolutely. We want to build long-term relationship with our borrower. So it's not a one-stop, one-transaction situation. And I end up asking the question, what is, what is your five to 10-year timeline? What what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? And I get a sense of, you know, we provide succession financing, working capital, expansion, and obviously acquisition. So um, we, we actually, I would say we probably do, out of all of our borrowers, one out of three transactions is like a second transaction to the borrower. So 33% of my borrowers come back for something else as far as needing financing. And being a portfolio lender makes it a lot easier because we've all seen their financial information. We've got most of it and we're keeping updated. You know, it's a business loan, so they got to update their financials quarterly or on an annually basis, depending on the size of the loan. And our underwriting team, our processing team goes, yes, we know this advisor. We've been working with them. So the second and third transaction is is much easier and um, we can turn that around really quickly. So we want to grow with them. That is the whole point. And I hope we get to talk about that more in future, in the future episodes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think one of the teasers will be um, something I found out is as you guys are helping people get that financing, you're also spending time with the economics of the deal itself. Yes. So in some cases, when an advisor will come to us and say, I have this deal and I want to get this done, do you think it's a good deal? Well, we have to kind of go off of history, right? What 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 are we seeing in the industry and things like that? You guys come at it from a purely economic perspective. Does the deal make sense? And I think that's something that our viewers hopefully will, will get a chance to see in the future. Absolutely. Great stuff. Yeah. No, I'm excited. This has been great. Um, again, I'd like to take the time to thank you, Susie, thank Oak Street uh, for putting together and, and working together uh, to create something so important and valuable uh, for our advisors who are approaching independence. Well, thank you, Matt. This has been so fun. It was really fun working on this last transaction together. And um, we look very forward. Stay tuned uh, for more from the approaching independence series and send us your questions. Um, that you might have and that we can answer in future episodes. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the next episode. Um, it'll be coming out soon. Um, again, what I'd ask is don't forget to subscribe uh, to these podcasts um, as well as leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Thank you so much. Thank Matt. you. It's been a pleasure. Good, Good talking talk. to you.